Hello, good evening and welcome to Seascapes. Tonight, I'm at the start of the first major sailing event in the past 18 months, the Dunleary to Dingle race, and we hear from the country's only rescue helicopter winchman, who is a woman. On Wednesday, the biannual Dunleary to Dingle race set off from Dublin. It's the first major event on the sailing calendar in nearly two years. I went along to the start in Dunleary to speak to some of the competitors, and I first met with pro sailor, sailmaker and commentator Morris Prof O'Connell before he set off. So this is uh, the first major sailing event, Fergal, in Ireland since 2019, since Covid and, and lockdown and everything uh, kicked in. So it's a hugely anticipated and, in fact, hyped race. As you know, adult sporting activity uh, opened up two days ago on the 7th. So this is the 9th of July. So this is the Dunleary Dingle Race and it's uh, 300 miles, uh, probably two days and two nights at sea. And uh, we've got a fantastic field of very competitive boats and competitive sailors yeah, sailing. You've got, what, 40 boats, all big boats? Yeah, yeah, we've got about 40 boats. Uh, the biggest boat is a 50-footer from Kinsale. Uh, called Freya, that actually only arrived an hour ago. She had some mass damage uh, in Cork. And then the smallest boat is a little first 310, a little 31-footer, and she'll be bringing up the rear, but she's handicapped accordingly. So a big spread of, of sizes of boats. So it'll probably take the small boats maybe three days, and the big boats will probably be there in a day and a half, a day and three quarters, something like that. I have to say, I've done this twice myself. The weather <laughs> can be very, very, but one time I did, the wind felt like it was against us the whole way. Yeah. It took us three days. The next time I did it on a TP52, and there was no wind, but it took us just more than a day. Yeah, two years ago, in 2019, the wind blew hard from the north, so we'd, you know, we were running ahead of the breeze all the way to the Tusker Rock very fast, and then turned right to the Tusker, and we'd a sideways on breeze all the way down to the fast rock but today and tomorrow the forecast is blowing pretty hard from the south so it looks like that we're going to be sailing upwind against the wind yeah, which is the hardest point and most uncomfortable point of, yeah. for people who mightn't know yeah yeah no it's miserable Fergal let's not beat around the bush you know what I mean There's, it's going to be tough tough hard yards and the, the tide is going to turn against us about two and a half hours after the start round about Wicklow Head so we're going to have about a knot and a half of current running north against us so that's going to slow us down so that's just going to prolong the pain but sure that's part of the fun for Wicklow Head, when the tide is against it, you'd be hugging the shore and all the way down, but then you have to go outside the Tusker and outside every island. Yeah, the course is, um, you basically have to leave every island and rock in Ireland, um, between here and Dingle, to the right. So you've got to stay outside everything, but um, tactically we need to stay in on the beach um, all the way down the Wicklow coast to stay out of the adverse current. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're allowed to go in there and stay inside the banks, the Glasgorman Bank, the Blackwater Bank, the Arklow Bank, yeah. but, but major landmarks, rocks, lighthouses, we, we have to go outside, yeah. I think it might take you about two days. Yeah, like, um, like we have, you know, predictive weather models and computer routing systems that are predicting us to finish, you know, sometime on Friday morning. Um, there is a possibility that the breeze could go light actually round about um, the Kerry coast so the last few hours might be a bit slower we'll see um, but I think we'll be finished around Friday morning and uh, we'll have a good party when we get to Dingle in a, in, a, in a socially distant way This is your skipper? Yes, this is Pete, Pete Smith um, Pete just uh, 
acquired the boat two weeks ago and uh, I've sailed with Pete for many years and uh, Pete was actually the first ever winner of the Irish Olympic indicator trials in, in a while back so uh, it's good to see Pete back in the sport, it's brilliant. Pete, tell me about the boat, Searcher. Yeah, so Searcher, uh, it's a Sunfast 3600, so we have seven crew on it for the Dingle Race uh, today. I got the boat a couple of weeks ago, and really with the boat, I plan to use it for competitive offshore racing like this. I plan to do a little uh, shorthanded with my brother in terms of two of us up, and I also plan to get the kids out. So we have four young boys. Uh, Jamie here is here beside me, he's 14, the eldest. And today. he's not going today, but he's uh, he's going to be out there soon, and, uh, and it's going to bring a lot of joy to our world. You know, the last... Um, you know, I've been out of sailing um, the last kind of 10 or 15 years and, uh, and this is the kind of welcome back. So it's a, it's a good opportunity to, to join the competitive race, but also outside of the racing to actually um, have some fun family time on the boat. So uh, looking forward to it. Just talking about search, okay? The first thing I noticed, completely black, almost black sails, black uniforms. <laughs> Where do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, so 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 black is a colour. Black is a colour I like. Um, I have a business called Broadlake, and black is the kind of the colour of us, right? So uh, we kind of like black. And and the searcher for me, it's an important name. The two yellow spots we have on the side are the eyes, and really on searcher for me, it's about going to explore. So with the crew or with the kids that were out there and exploring the oceans, exploring the coastline. It's got an open deck, clean. Uh, you've got two not wheels but tillers. Yeah, so this boat comes in two configurations. You can get the two tillers like we have, or you can get the two uh, the two wheel options. We think this is good in terms of moving around, and particularly when we start racing with two of us on board. But uh, but yeah, I think it's setting up. It's uh, it's a nice boat. Is it, is I think it wet? It is. I, I think I think it is going to get wet, right? So I think we have the oilies on. We're prepared for the worst. Uh, hopefully, we don't get that. But uh, luckily for me, where I'm sat on the boat, it, uh, it's, it's towards the back, so it's a little bit drier. So I'm a little bit spoiled back here. But I think the poor people up the front, it is going to be a wet one. And if the weather, the weather's looking a bit grey today, if we do get the showers we had earlier, we'll be all wrapped up for the next two or three days. What's the food situation? What are you going to feed people? Yeah, so food, we looked at... Very important part. Yeah, very important part. And I think food... People in the race are going two tacks. Some of them are going with the dried food, which is the expedition, which the people use climbing mountains and the likes. And, uh, and that certainly works offshore. For me, I think there's a lot of morale that goes with food. So not just the, the nutritional value, but also the morale of bringing up hot food. So we have prepared two uh, really good hot dinners. Uh, we have a little pressure cooker downstairs. It's probably the heaviest thing we're carrying on the boat, um, but we think it's essential. So we'll have, uh, we'll have beef stroganoff tonight and chicken uh, massaman, I think, is tomorrow night. So, yeah, and that, lots of goodies to go with it. The best of luck. Many thanks, many thanks. Hi Fergal, uh, Chris Powersmith here. I'm the skipper of Aurelia. She's a J122 um, boat. J122, she's a racing boat. What's she like? Uh, she's a racing boat. Um, uh, she's a 40 foot boat with a asymmetric kite. And means you have no spinnaker pole. I've no spinnaker pole, yeah. So the pole comes out um, from the bow. Does that make it easier to save? Uh, at times it does, yeah, and at times it doesn't. It depends on the point of sail. It depends whether we're going dead downwind or we're reaching. Um, but generally, I think it does make it easier, yes. What are you expecting for the next couple of days on this race? Uh, we're expecting it to be quite a tough race. Uh, the wind is going to be in front of us all the time, which means we have to, what we call, beat into it. And uh, it'll be quite lumpy and there'll be a lot of sitting on the rail. 
and we expect it to be quite cold and quite a bit of spray. Quite tough conditions. Um, as one of the professional sailors described it, uh, it would be an ordeal. Uh, so as for an amateur Corinthian sailor like me, we're all a bit in trepidation, but the reward at the end of the race is uh, Dick Mack's beer garden, and we're certainly looking forward to getting there. He's got a beer garden. He has a beer garden, and that's where we intend to end up. We've been locked down for a long time, and we're certainly looking forward to a few nice pints of Guinness when we get there. Peter Ryan, you're about to set off. How many times have you done this race? Guessing, probably six. Okay. Six or seven. You don't count them, I think, at this, at this stage. What are you sailing and what's your boat today? It's um, Vincent Farrell's the owner. It's uh, 40.7, uh, 40 foot long, just 39 foot long. And uh, we're travelling with a crew of 10. Okay, that, that's quite a lot for a boat. Uh, it's a lot, but it's uh, it's a 24-hour job. So we're, we're working on two teams and... Uh, uh, hopefully everyone keep everyone up at 100%. I sailed this race with you before many years ago on a Shamrock 30. Yeah, but that's the, that was the day. three days. That was the days of wooden ships and iron men. <laughs> no, that was that was, uh, that was hardship. We're hoping there's nothing like that. It's down, it's dry down below here, not like that, uh, not like yeah. Mercedes. <laughs> so. what, they were actually lovely boats, the Shamrock 30s. They were lovely looking boats and they were leaders in their time. But I mean, when you see the modern boat now, they travel 50% faster, they're 200% drier. It's, uh, it's a different world now. Willie Despard, you're about to set off here. You're one of the sponsors of the race. Yeah, the Bretzel Bakery has sponsored the race the last couple of years, and it's, I mean, it's my, my shared passion of bacon sourdough bread and sailing sailboats, so uh, they're two passions that go really well together. You're bringing your bread to Dingle? Uh, we're bringing it back home. Uh, we won uh, not only gold medal for Sardo, but we got supreme champion of all Ireland. And due to COVID, we couldn't get to Dingle at all for the award ceremony. So we're bringing all the boats are bringing Bretzel bread home to Dingle. Then the last boat I visited was being sailed by the Tingle family from Crosshaven. It's a first time offshore race for the whole family together. I'm Deirdre, I'm the mum and we're sailing on Alpacas. It's an X34 and we're based in Crosshaven. You're the Tingles to Dingle. <laughs> the Tingles to Dingle. <laughs> uh, we're the Tingles, all right, but uh, yeah, this is our first time doing this race, so we're a little bit excited about it and we... It came about during COVID when we were all locked up and everybody was in Ireland and we just said, would you be around? Uh, Paul and myself raced the boat all the time, so all the kids were here, so we said, come on, let's, let's go. And then John volunteered. He got pulled in. <laughs> Katie, you're a seasoned sailor. How are you feeling about today? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've never really done any offshore, so it's going to be a different scene altogether. I'm used to short, sprinty kind of racing, so it's going to be hard, but yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a good crack. I'm John. I'm the only non-tingle on board. Okay. I'm just the, I guess, the brains, the muscle, the speed, <laughs> and all the other important elements. The cook, snacktician. Yeah. So. Um, I'm Julie Tingle. Julie, how are you feeling about going off? You're probably going to have the wind against you for two days. Uh yeah. I think it'll be an adventure. We've never done this kind of race before, so I don't know what to expect. So I think the wind can come from anywhere, and it'll still be exciting, I guess. With it. All your brothers and sisters. I know, it's like we're back being children again, all in the same house, but a smaller, very confined area. We'll see. Katie, what are you expecting from this race? I think, hopefully, just the kind of sense of achievement when we get to the end. We're just hoping to finish it, really, and because we've no experience, and we're pretty short-handed compared to some other boats the same size as ours. They might have eight or nine, whereas we only have six. So, yeah, just to the sense of achievement when we get to the end, I think that'll be great. And looking forward to the battle along the coast when we get down to Wicklow. So, yeah. It'll be good. Jamie, you're going to have the wind against you for two days. Be a bit of fun. 
it's easier to tack going upwind with three people than having to get everyone up in the middle of the night and drive a spinnaker. So, you know, we'll all sit in the rail for the night tonight and see what happens and then turn the corner, hopefully. And sure, we love the south coast because we're from Cork, so it'll be much nicer down there than along the east. <laughs> Do you think you will get them all to do what they're told? Absolutely, they're very obedient children. <laughs> always been like that. <laughs> I, I'm going to bribe them though. We've lots of nice cakes and tea and food, so you know if they behave, they'll get a little, you know, present at the end, yeah. treats at the end. <laughs> so, how would you describe your mood at the moment? Nervous? How are you feeling? A little bit nervous, I'm sure. Yeah, we all feel a little bit. Oh, we haven't. This is all new ground for all of us, you know. So, if we weren't. I'd be a little bit worried. We all have to be kind of, has to be a little bit of adrenaline going at this stage. So, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I think just the fact that it's all family and, you know, if somebody doesn't really like it, it's not that you're putting a whole lot of people out. Family understands more than anyone else. And we've all sailed together quite a lot, so we're used to it. Yeah. Best of luck, everyone. Thanks very much. Thanks a million. And those predicted rough conditions did materialise with adverse winds almost the whole way. There were several retirements, but most boats are safely in Dingle at home tonight. A couple of weeks ago on the programme, we reported on the unfortunate sinking of the trawler, the Ellie Ove of Castletown Bear. In that report, we heard, by the way, that the winchman who lowered from the rescue helicopter was actually a woman. Sarah Courtney is a paramedic who swapped out her old job in the ambulance service for a role in the Irish Coast Guard, and she's now the only woman in that role winching people to safety, sometimes in extreme conditions. Noel Sweeney caught up with Sarah and fellow crewman Derek Everett at the Coast Guard base in Waterford. Sarah Courtney is an advanced paramedic working as the winchman on board Rescue Helicopter 117, based out of Waterford. Being the only female winchman in the country, she came to the attention of the public after a major rescue mission off the coast of Castletown Bay recently. At the Coast Guard base in County Waterford, I spoke with Sarah and fellow crewman Derek Everett about the role of winchmen, the challenges of the job and the training required for the role. I came from the ambulance service prior to the Coast Guard and there's a recruitment process here opened up for CHC helicopters a couple of years ago and I applied for that. The recruitment process then took uh, probably the guts of a year. There's nine different stages involved in it. Um, so went through each of the individual stages and started then here in Waterford two years ago, just over two years ago. With the Irish Coast Guard helicopters, the minimum entry level onto the helicopter is paramedic. So that's a prerequisite for applying for the recruitments. Um, you have to be a minimum level of paramedic to apply for the helicopter. Um, and I'm advanced paramedic then, which is a level above that again. I could imagine being working in the ambulance is quite exciting in many ways what would attract you to working in a, in a job like this which is I'd imagine a little bit more exciting than the ambulance <laughs> they they're both belong to the emergency services and while there are some similarities in emergency work and the clinical side of treating patients um, you know the helis obviously are different because of the aviation side of things so there's a lot involved in that um, and aside from the aviation you've obviously got the rescue element of things so winching out of the helicopter and using different rescue techniques to retrieve people. Can you remember your first big rescue at sea? Yeah we uh, went out to a fishing trawler it was a very large fishing trawler it was um, quite far offshore off the southwest of Ireland probably about uh, I think initially it was over 200 miles 
So the range of the heli is very large, but uh, ideally, if we have um, an incident that's very far out like that, then uh, the vessel will usually be in contact with uh, medical cork and speaking to the doctors there before they'll be in contact with us as to the seriousness of the casualty and everything will be planned then beforehand um, as to the conditions, uh, sea conditions and weather conditions at the time and the condition of the patient as to what the best timing is for that patient to take them in. So with that fishing vessel, they uh, travelled, they turned around um, from quite far out and started travelling back into port and we rendezvoused with them then about 70 miles um, southwest of West Cork. And uh, it was quite large seas, five to seven metres. Yeah, we winched out and, and retrieved that man and took him to, to hospital. A few weeks ago for the same show, I interviewed a couple of people who were very happy to see you a few weeks back there from the Eliov. Okay. So can you talk us through, through what that was like? The Eliov is a fishing trawler that got into difficulty approximately 70 nautical miles off Castletown Bear there about a month or two ago. Uh, there were seven fishermen on board and they lost all power to the fishing vessel um, in rough sea conditions and battled with trying to salvage that vessel for almost two days, um, which you know, didn't work out in the end, unfortunately. Um, that vessel uh, ended up sinking. Um, so there was a huge coordination between ourselves, Rescue 117, uh, Rescue 115, the Shannon helicopter, um, the Castletown Bear lifeboat, uh, the Navy vessel, the Bernard Shaw, and obviously um, the Irish Coast Guard coordination centres from Valencia and MRCC in Dublin. Um, so it was a long ongoing mission for two days um, to try and salvage things there and uh, ensure that you know there was a positive outcome retrieving all of those men off the vessel in the end. They ended up having to abandon ship um, in really uh, awful, you know, really, really awful um, sea conditions. So what was it like for you um, <clears throat> dropping down from a helicopter to, to win seven experienced fishermen from a vessel that, that looks... Doomed. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, it was doomed, and um, you know there was an element of well. By the time that ourselves were winching at that stage of the mission, it was approaching darkness, and you know options were kind of running out really for for the whole um, affair. So, for me, winching out down onto the vessel, you know, we train a lot. And we train hard and we train very rigorously. Um, so really your training really kicks in when you're doing a job like that. Um, despite the fact that the conditions are the conditions that they are, training kicks in. And, um, and you know, when I land on the vessel with those fishermen, they're exhausted at this point. Uh, they've been working through the night in pitch black trying to keep that vessel afloat. Um, so they're really looking to me then you know, to direct them and and get them to safety. Mm. Um, well, what's going through your mind as all this is going on? What's going through my mind is my training. Absolutely, the training and what I need to do and, you know, keeping my per peripheral 
vision you know as wide as possible and taking in the whole situation it's very dynamic there's a lot of things happening there's a lot of things moving and basically just being absolutely focused at getting the job done as safely as you can you're you're in the, the helicopter you're approaching the LEO of what's going what's going through your mind um, when approaching the LEO of that evening the uh, visibility was very poor um it was uh difficult enough initially to pick them up and even the navy vessel uh, which is a very large vessel um, and the castletown bear lifeboat were out there as well as part of my role in the helicopter not only you know are you winching out um, on the cable to retrieve people and treating them as paramedic but on the way out there's um, a mission control station which we would manage the cameras and the communications and radios are from that station as well which um, the winch operator generally uh, would look after in in coordination with the navy vessel and any other vessels on scene and um, so as we're approaching out to the scene i am using the infrared cameras to try and pick up the best possible picture that we can see what's going on in the area with the sea state with the vessel you know what hazards are on the vessel um you know, there might there may be things that the camera will pick up that it might be a little bit more difficult to the human eye to pick up, such as stay wires and anything that could be a hazard. Basically, on the way out to it, we're looking, you know, there's four of us in the helicopter, uh, the captain, the co-pilot, the winch operator and myself. So what's it like descending from the helicopter down onto the vessel? Well, we again we do a lot of winching in our in our daily routine of daily shift when we're not doing jobs. Um, training is a big part of of the shift, and um, so we we're winching regularly. So it's not a case of you're going out to the vessel and you haven't done this for a while. Uh, we're well rehearsed and well practiced and constantly looking at you know what safest way to do it is. Um, so for me going out the door of the helicopter and being lowered down onto that vessel, everything is just about focus um, and it's focusing on what's coming up next, what could be coming up next, you know, how you're going to troubleshoot something um, and and just having your reflexes and, you know, your alertness on, on high demand. Calls can come in for jobs and you'll be told what it is and, you know, the real pitfall to fall into is thinking that you're going out there to that. Um, yeah, you can set yourself up in your head that that's what you're going out to, but you could get out there and it could be something absolutely, completely different. You just have to, your head has to be flexible all the time and you have to be kind of ready to adjust with whatever's in front of you and come up with a different plan. You might have a plan and then that plan might change and you need to come up with a new plan. Derek Everett, um, a technical search and rescue aircrew, a winchman, winch operator, paramedic. The traditional route by which people got into this job was through the military. Probably 60 to 70% of our staff at the moment are ex-military and Irish Air Corps or um, yeah, all, almost all Irish Air Corps. However, back 2004, 2005, the military ceased doing search and rescue. And by 2006, CHC realised and they were the very forced to realise that the market for trained technical search and rescue aircrew was drying up what to do about it. So we designed a course using all of our experience uh, to, to basically reach out into the community and to select people that we feel would 
probably make the transition from their current job into technical search and rescue aircrew. It isn't, as Sarah said, it's a very specific job, but it's got an enormous amount of criteria in it that we're looking for. We'd sift the CVs down to approximately 50, and then we bring in um, DCU in Dublin. So Dublin City University partnered with us, their high-performance gym, and they designed a fitness assessment specifically for our needs and they would run that assessment and score that assessment for us we the next stage they would go down to the national maritime coral college in cork to set a controlled environment to put the, the proposed candidates under a good bit of stress both physically and mentally in relation to some of the tasks that they'd have to do on the day we'd run them through the whole test and then we'd look for that information to be uh, given back to us again summer ahead guys what, what are you kind of what, what would you like people to know or be aware of for the summer ahead number one enjoy yourselves number two always be reassured that there is always a helicopter available however we're the last people you want to see in your summer holidays so water safety parents with kids they must be extremely mindful of where they are what they're doing you know i think the whole country is expecting that the coastlines are going to be flocked to this year um, a lot of people staying home and a lot of people going to the coast and a lot more people using the water. If you are deciding to take up a new sport like kayaking or paddle boarding or using any equipment on the water, then research it first. Talk to somebody who is affiliated with the school um, or a, a licensed provider and get the information before you take it. Don't think that just because you see other people doing it, that you can just do it too. Old Sweeney with Sarah Courtney and Derek Everett at the Irish Coast Guard. And that's it for Seascapes for this week. We're back at the same time next Friday. Everything on the programme's podcast, it's on our website, rte.ie slash seascapes. If you want to contact me or the programme, the email is seascapes at rte.ie. And as you just heard, if you're anywhere on or near the water over the next week, stay safe. <laughs>